it's Jen the Builder. And Corey. And we're on the elevator today. Um, I'm clearly off to slow start. It's been such a easy weekend that I'm still in easy mode. You know what I mean? Yes. And easy is always very pleasing. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, we have a specific topic that we're going to cover. And it came up because we were out and about this weekend. So story time. Uh, we were on our way to Forest Lawn Hollywood Hills. Yes. That's about an hour drive for something very monumental in my life. Um, and so on our way, Michaela, our daughter, had to go to um, the bathroom. So I had to pull over, find a uh, gas station or anything with a restroom. And I noticed that when she was done and we were on our way, on the road again, she said, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry we had to um, pull over and stop. <laughs> and I just thought, hmm, save your sorry, Kayla. Like, that's no reason to be sorry. The fact that you had to use the restroom, there's no apology needed. Right? So you and I were talking about today's episode, and that just stayed with me because what makes us over-apologize and what do we mean by save your sorries? Mm. So I'm going to go right there with you. Um, but I just want to slightly detour if that's okay with you. Mm -hmm. Because although this was a very monumental weekend for both you and I, we did something that we're about to share. And then we're going to get into the save the sorries. But we went to Forest Lawn and we went for the first time as a couple um, to... Uh, a grave site where someone had already been laid down and then we were just kind of visiting the site opposed to having a funeral. And so that's different for me because I've never done that before. Uh, all of my loved ones that I've laid to rest, um, I, I've never went back to visit good, bad or indifferent. And so um, I have a set of beliefs that, you know, I have always followed, but it wasn't in stone. Like, I will never do this. So it was a very interesting uh, set of events, if I can put it that way, because I had to deal with my own turmoil that I was going through on how I felt about this and how I was thinking this, this process through. And so after we got there and we got to the site, um, I, I just realized like, you know what, this was something that was needed to be done. And not just for, for Jen, not for just for Kayla, but for all of us that went. And I'm just happy that I got a chance to be a part of that. It was an adventure because we had never been to the site and we were looking for the particular headstone to um, identify the spot that it was, you know, located. And, and it took us some time. And, and in that adventure, we saw a lot of different headstones, that read some very unique things. And so it, it was a few different um, opportunities that popped up while we were there. Uh, opportunities to have conversation about some of the people that were there. I see, we seen a, a, a headstone that said something to the effect of Jack Wagner, the voice of Disney. And it was like, Oh, I, I had no idea. And so it prompted me to do a little bit of research on 
the man who's known as the voice of Disney. And so uh, I'm going to slightly hand this over to you because I, I would love for you to share if you're in the mood for it, um, why we were there and what that did for you. Mm. It's a loaded question, very unprepared for it. But, yes. you know, um, whenever the, these kind of hap- things happen, I think they're intentional as far as they're supposed to happen. Yeah. So I want to explain, speaking of Save Your Sorries, uh, went to visit Alana's graveside. So Alana, my daughter, passed away in 95, never been after that. And so you want to talk about saving sorries. Uh, I felt sorry that I didn't even know where she was laid or where her body was laid down to rest. Sorry that my family was walking every which way in the area to locate something I felt like I should have known. So there was that um, period. And I didn't even know that we had that in common where we didn't go back to gravesides after we laid people down to rest for me it's always been uncomfortable um and aside from that or on top of that you know i know life goes on so they are not physically there right and if i wanted to have a thought or um sometimes you know have a conversation or just think about them in detail and depth uh being at the graveside has never um been a thing for me right so but going there this was a thing for me because i think what i found as far as the value or what's important that we went was a few things i had come to realization about certain things with alana's death that i hadn't realized before so that was something new that came up for me just a few months ago and being at the graveside really makes you feel intentional to stop the rest of your life and go to that place to honor the life that once was there. Yeah. So that was a different experience. And then down the way was um, my cousin's graveside, who was what I call my best friend growing up. Mm-hmm. And so to see her graveside there too, um, and I never realized what was on her headstone. And so that kind of took me back because in quotes it says I'm free. Mm. And my mantra this year is I'm free to be me. So, you know what I mean? It was like, whoa, this is deep. I'm so glad that we did go. Uh, it brought another level of healing. And it confused me to have felt shame for that brief moment. Right. For not even knowing where they were. It made me feel not a person lined up with my integrity because I very much am a celebrator of life. And I just felt like like not good that I didn't know where they were buried at. After getting over that, though, that's where the Savior Sorries, I think, comes into play. I didn't feel the need to say sorry to them or to anyone I was with for that matter um, because it was how I grieved um, the loss of their lives in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everyone has their own way of honoring people. Absolutely. And and with that being said, I, I guess I did my own form of grieving and um, going through the 
release and relief process because um, I did know Grace, uh, your best friend and cousin, my cousin as well, and had a very close connection with her. Just a, a ball of joy when you talk about a life that was lived. Um, but as far as Alana, I, I did not know her and I wasn't a part of your life when that took place. And so for for those of you that are listening, we're, we're talking about me who had a son coming into a family that was um, already put together with uh, Nathan and Kayla and, and Genevieve. And so I didn't know about Alana like I do now. I mean, I, I again, I, I seen the site myself. I seen the inscription on there. I know the year she passed away. I had a connection and not with the dead, but a connection with the life that was lived and the life that was here at one point in time. And so, yes, I, I went through my own set of grieving and apologizing and reconciling. And I even did some justifying because I, I, I got very quiet on the way home and Jen asked me, are you okay? And I'm, I was thinking to myself, yeah, I'm just, I'm uptight because of the, the, the trip. I'm uptight because I didn't get to practice today and I got a performance next week. I'm, I'm just, I'm a little stressed. I'm a little, and it was just all these excuses. And what it boiled down to was that I, I had a moment while I was there and I was just like, this child was here and I didn't know her, but I feel like I understand a lot more now. And so um, yeah, I just, I just really wanted to express that. And I know it's a little rambly and all over the place, but, um, I, I got it out the best way I could. Well, true story for everyone listening. This is our first conversation to this level yeah. after that trip to Forest Lawn. So this is happening real time. And I think that was the thing we were in our own experience mm -hmm. and we couldn't find the words or the thoughts um, or the feelings that went behind everything, at least for me. Yeah. Um, I love that we had our moments on that day to ourselves right there at the cemetery. Yeah. Um, that was strange. Too, yeah. How it we, was, wasn't it? We were just kind of orchestrated in different areas. So yeah. we weren't like right up on each other in each other's faces. So everybody had an opportunity to feel whatever it was that they were feeling on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting now that I think about it is usually when I know um, you're off, cause I know that stretched you. I didn't know to what extent I couldn't even exactly say why I just knew that you were processing. So typically I would say, you know, I might've said, sorry for dragging you out here with me. I know you had other stuff to do. I didn't feel the need to say sorry because here's what I've learned about myself growing up. And I don't know if this is true about Kayla or anyone else. Um, instead of acknowledging what's really going on, I felt like apologizing back then was a, a way to smooth over whatever it was, mm. you know what I mean? Uh, um, releasing tension, ten I'm sorry, releasing tension in a social situation um, and so you kind of do this apology or I'm sorry to say, okay, let's just get over this. I, I don't like it. It's awkward. And yeah. let's just move on like <laughs> we normally do. Absolutely. I, I definitely know that feeling. So when you say that it, all those 
emotions come to a, a head, so to speak. Yeah. So I wish that I had known um, what I didn't know then and that I was just really more proactive in seeking like communal experience and connection instead of bypassing it. So it made sense that yesterday I didn't feel, I didn't even think to say sorry because it was an experience and it was needed for socialization. You know what I mean? It was needed for us to grow individually and then eventually together. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of that process that I was going through and all that processing, I mean, it's just a million things you, you're thinking about, you know, what it could have, should have. Um, is there a necessity to say sorry? Is there a, a opportunity to talk and learn in real time? Do you wait to have a conversation about? So it's a lot to just really take in. Again, this is not a conversation that Jen and I have had, you know, over the years. We've been together for 20 years now. And, and so, you know, this is one of those new experiences and, now we're sharing this with you in real time. And so I'm a little vulnerable right now because I'm like, I don't know what people are going to think of me. You know, how can you be in this woman's life and not know this aspect or be in this, you know, but th this is what it is, guys. And so I'm not embarrassed. I'm just, like I said, very vulnerable. Yeah. And honestly, you know, the first thanks for your vulnerability, because that that's deep. Um because it's that moment where I realized being there, man, there were flowers, Christmas trees, decor everywhere in the cemetery. Candles that were yeah. still lit and no one right. was there. And you see people there, they're lighting incense. They're there where the dead are buried. And I had to really think about, why am I why am I not like most people in this? Mm -hmm. Why did I never not feel compelled to do that? Um, so there was soul searching there um, and sorting out the thoughts that might have wanted to put shame or guilt in that experience in those experiences, yeah. you know what I mean? And rightfully so, you know uh, we, we sometimes, shame and guilt ourselves at the most inappropriate moments. And that yeah. was definitely not the moment to, to put yourself through a guilt or a shame uh, moment. That, that was a time to, I mean, of course it's going to come on you, but I, I, for me to be feel like, Oh yeah, I'm, I feel guilty or I feel bad that I didn't do this or do that. I didn't want to cloud my judgment at that moment. I wanted to be as pure and thought as possible. Mm -hmm. And that, that's just where I was because um, I mean, I'm reading this name, Alana Ray Forsina, on this grave, uh, this um, headstone, and I'm like, I, I don't know this person, but I feel like I'm about to get to know them one way or another, you know? Mm -hmm. And reading the, like I said, the inscription, it was like, wow, I, I, feel, I feel a connection here. You know, this is something a whole lot deeper than I had prepared for. And so, yeah. That that loop that it sends you on, that is deep. it's like, yeah. Uh, what's next? Because I I don't know how to handle this yet. Mm. And something that just came to my mind is, you know, we'll figure it out as we go. And then it just brought me to this right now. When I think of Alana, Grace, 
your sister, my dad, um, another close cousin of mine, Alan, all people have passed away. Leo. Leo, yes. Leo, your dad, right? Auntie Lil, my godmother. And that's even saying the list. Like, you you don't realize until you say it out loud that there has been just this um, enormous weight of losing loved ones. And so what I will say is if they were alive, would I have had to apologize for the way I lived when they lived? You know what I mean? Was there connection? How did I treasure the relationships um, I had with them when they were alive? And I think that's to me what matters And this isn't to get me out of any shame or guilt I felt from not visiting um, the cemetery and the the bodies that are buried there. For me, what's important is how we are when they're alive. So I was just touched because I, there would be no reason for me to apologize to them if they were alive, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. of the way we lived with them. Yeah. So I just thought of that. Like when I like for Auntie Lil, for example, she's my godmother. Um, We kept in touch very well. But if there was a time where there was silence or maybe a misunderstanding, there was a really big one. And I had to learn grace and understand that she had her own experiences with certain people, which is why she had come to the conclusion that she did. And it was a relationship with you that healed that and, you know, made her see things differently. Right. Yeah. So when we did get back, there was no need for an apology. It was, I've missed you. How have you been? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you just carry on and you understand that there's periods of that silence because People are going through things, you know. Um, Another thing, too, is when I think about grace and there wasn't a lot of sorries there, even though there was a lot of um, growing up together because we dealt with the realities of life, not based on our feelings. Because if I if every time I felt a certain way or confused because of something Grace did, pretty much our whole relationship would be apologies. Do you know what I mean? It's like, let's talk about the concrete reality that's happened between us and move forward. Right. We didn't get, we didn't get stuck on the sorries. Right. And so, you know, when, when I hear that, I, it just gives me clarity on this whole subject that we're talking about. Uh, save the sorries. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's, and I'm going to say it like this because I'm, I want this to be universal for everyone listening. I don't want this to be just for me or for Jen. I want, I want everyone to feel like their feelings and their thoughts can be involved. Um, we waste a lot of time creating bad, negative environments with people that are alive and around us uh, today in, in today's time. And so what Jen is ultimately saying is that Instead of wasting time running around saying that you're sorry, you should fill that time 
with more positive energy, more yes, more connection, more connection, yeah. more growth, more po- just all that good stuff, all those good vibes. And, you know, we, we're people. We don't always get along. We don't always see eye to eye. We don't always think the same way. But it's in those moments that sometimes you just have to say, you know what? It is what it is that we, we're not going to agree on this. We're not going to see eye to eye on this. We're not going to have a good ending in this. So I got to just let this go and, and keep it moving. And so um, I, I realized that even with something as simple as a job review, uh, I allowed my ego and my pride to get in, in the way. And if I had allowed myself to go through with the thoughts that I had, and it wasn't that I wasn't happy, I just wanted better. And better was uh, not even a whole point. It was like a half, a, a fragment of a point. And so if I allowed that to affect me and then something tragic happened between me and the individuals that were involved, that would be a reason for me to have to say sorry. But what I did was I bit my tongue long enough to allow reality, as you said, Jen, because our feelings get in the way. And then when we feel some kind of way, we do stupid things. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, anybody that knows me knows that I don't like to talk about feelings because feelings change and feelings get altered. But the reality of it is, is that I couldn't allow my ego and my pride to get in the way to cause a bad situation. And that's the way I just try to conduct life overall so that, you know, I don't have to waste time saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And then there's that other part, that that other piece is where people don't feel adequate. So they think that's a good way to Mm -hmm. get through it is by saying, I'm sorry, continuously. And that's a good point. Um, That's self-awareness. And I think sometimes we need to learn to say sorry to ourselves, which would impact um, the way we are with other people. You know, I think we may compulsively say sorry because there's things that are underlying that we need to fix within ourselves. Within ourselves. Yeah. Now I, I definitely want to say that there are sorries warranted. And now the way I see them is this. Um, and I think it's actually more simple is if I've given my word or made a promise that I'm going to do something for you, or I did something rude and it like cut someone off in the parking lot and I see that person, that's a, I'm sorry. Right. That was like uncalled for, not cool. Um, we're talking about the sorries that aren't needed. Right. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So, man, what what a way to land this and just unfold and, and dig through this real time, <laughs> you know? We just hopped on a plane and took off full speed and just didn't know where we were going to go. Yeah. And here we are. And I knew that we would have a conversation. I just didn't know when, because even when we got home last night, you asked me um, how I thought life would be different if Alana had lived. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, he's deep in thought about Alana. And so I don't need, I think that's something I'm going to need to ask you more about later is what was that like connecting with someone who's no longer here, who hasn't been here, mm-hmm. who you've never met, who I had her in my life, but for a short period of time. Yeah. And I think that would be good to have that conversation and then come back and even, you know, talk about that. Cause um, 
I promise you it's going to be a whole lot deeper than what you think because I've, I've really processed this whole thing for it. And I hate to put, leave it on a cliffhanger, but that's just what it is. Right. So there was a lot here. I think my takeaway here is um, stop using sorry as a filler. Yeah. And get to the oomph of connection. Don't use it to glaze over. Yeah, let's just remember what sorry is. Let's just remember what sorry was originally created for. So that you're saying, I'm sorry because you're not going to do that thing again. But if you've used it as a crutch to get through through life, then you're you're just gonna say I'm sorry and probably end up committing the offense if it was an offense again. That's right. That's right. Well, you know us to take the elevator. We say look up and let's elevate. elevate. And we're not going to say sorry for going over 22 minutes. Sorry, not sorry? Yes. Absolutely (laughs) not sorry. Sorry.